Hello, welcome to Azrael King Cabeda's Horror Extravaganza. I am Azrael, and I thought I'd do a movie review for you. Now I'm in a little bit of a hurry. I did a podcast previous to this, uh, 666 Shock Avenue. Uh, basically, I have been working tirelessly. I have my office back, which is good. I have an actual desk I'm at now. And uh, everything is a lot, lot better. Uh, I don't know how long. I was working with this little short black table before a microwave cart. You know, it was the best I could do because I was going to move. But I'm going to stay, um, which is cool. And so without further ado, I forgot to say last podcast. So email is realmofnightmares at mail.com. Patreon is adventurous insanity, all one word. Check it out. The movie I'm reviewing is a 2017 movie, The Terror of All Hallows Eve. This is a fantasy horror film, I believe. And it's full of some interesting uh, elements. In a nutshell, and this is actually based on true events, which makes it all the more alluring for those who like the based on true events thing. So basically, it opens up. Uh, these three girls are talking about Josie's party. Uh, retro language such as Fox and so on is used. So basically, this girl with the pink skirt, she's walking, she's walking, comes across blood and puddles, kind of, kind of like smears and puddles as well in the concrete. Finds, uh, the more she explores, she finds blood on the aluminum trash cans, and laying in the bottom is a supposed dead body, which is actually a neighbor boy playing a trick on her, a guy by the name of Tim, or Timothy. Uh, he prefers Tim, just don't call him Timmy, because that makes him extremely angry. Uh, and the main character that was in this, uh, Timothy, Tim, whatever have you. All day is my connection slow. Played by Caleb Thomas, which is interesting. Uh, Tim Stevens and his mother, Sarah Lancaster. Uh, Linda Stevens, she was really cool. And so uh, basically there's a bunch of uh, elements to this. So what happens is the neighbor, like, before he has a chance to get up, you know, because he had this pop where he squirted blood, gets a prankster, a very demented, dark prankster. So basically, um, the neighbor comes over there, grabs him by the shirt, and leads him up to the doorstep. The mother gets to be extremely irritated. And the neighbor says he'll call the police, and the mother says, let go of my son for I call the police. So basically, once inside, he goes into this uh, room and he blasts heavy metal music in the washing machine scene in the room. I assume it's a sort of basement, kind of, you know, but it's his room. Maybe he lives in the basement. Uh, let's see here. Uh, basically, his mother tries to talk to him. The two have a strained relationship. Come find out his father did cocaine and drink a lot. He left them high and dry one night and everything else. So Tim basically grew up without a father. 
So basically, Tim's whole personality, according to everyone, he's not normal. Uh, the neighbor and everyone else thinks that. And he's obsessed with horror movies and all. Kind of like me. You know, I'm obsessed with all things horror. I write the stuff. And by the way, the Encyclopedia of Hell is coming along well. I think it's over 50,000 words right now. And it's probably going to end up being 90 to 100,000. I'm just not sure yet. So anyway, uh, his mother goes to work and he's alone in the house. He hears a crash and goes to investigate and comes back and the attic door is kind of ajar. So he pulls it down and he goes up into the attic and this, uh, he explores rather carefully and this uh, creature that he has drawn, one of his own creations, lunges out of him. Scares him half to death, boxes fall, he discovers the Book of Halloween, and he turns to a page where it displays a entity known as a trickster. The trickster tells him the real meaning of Halloween, the true thing. And, you know, also, uh, what led him to really listen to the trickster was him and his mother go into the store and he ends up uh, getting hassled, and he opens the door, and he scratches the dude's paint job, Brian the Jock, um, who is played by J.T. Neal. And he does a pretty good job. He's a real douchebag, I think, and he ends up, uh, you know, they end up roughing him up. Well, his mother comes to his rescue, which was embarrassing, and he tells her, you just made matters worse, and sure enough, so... You know, they're all out there smoking weed and drinking and stuff. And, um, so anyway, uh, he goes back to the store, like, to buy a comic or something, a, a horror comic. His mother gave him the money. So he goes alone, and he's walking, and these guys rough him up again, and they roll him pretty good. They kick him, they hit him, everything else. And he goes to hit the jock because he's had enough. And he fantasizes just beating this guy half to death and taking him out. But then reality comes into play and he just gives him a little love tap on the cheek. Not any force-minded at all. Well, the guy's girlfriend works at the store, so he thinks he'd pretty much do anything. So, I mean, they're all going to get theirs. And so uh, that leads up to... Him saying, uh, the trickster saying that he could scare them all to death. That's his wish. And uh, when Tim is going home, he sees this lone pumpkin growing. He picks it, takes it home, starts to carve it while cursing the name of that uh, Brian the Jock. And uh, he ends up uh, cutting his finger or something. There, no, no, he didn't cut his finger. There's blood dripping from his nose, rather. Drips in the pumpkin and comes to life. Not really comes to life, but there's this candle flickering in there, and it holds a power. And that power allows him to be the one that scares them to death. And so, basically, uh, since he got rolled in the parking lot, he goes, he goes up to the guys who are standing there, and he's all beat up and stuff. And uh, he basically calls them a derogatory name, you know, 
a-hole. And they look, and he ends up uh, leading them on a chase to the house, and they end up inside the house looking for him. So what it is, it's this different uh, set of reality from what the current reality is. And the way that each room leads to a certain uh, certain uh, different, uh, it's, it's what they like. It's, it's a pleasurable thing to them. So you got this guy, he's in a number 13 jersey, and he's a rather big guy. And uh, he goes and he just kind of like looks around and it's very bizarre. And then he does something that I wouldn't do, you know, because I don't trust the environment around me. I wouldn't do this. He actually sits down and eats a pumpkin pie with his fingers. And then he looks back down and there's worms in it. He gets really sick. And he ends up dying. Um, and, you know, and uh, the trickster sounds just like Warwick Davis, who played the uh, leprechaun in the leprechaun movies, not to mention some really impressive other things. But it's not Warwick Davis. The trickster in this particular uh, movie, Let's see if I can find it. My eyes are so incredibly bad. Very bad. Gosh. Ah, yeah. So Doug Jones, and he's he's quite he's got quite the voice. Kind of like that accent, kind of like the leprechaun accent, but not really. Uh, but it's kind of Irish, I guess. But anyway, he also plays a scarecrow in the movie. The other thing is, Scarecrow does have a brain, and the brain's up to no good. So anyway, uh, they're inside the house when they enter. Uh, at first, it's all dark inside, and there's a lot of pumpkins stacked up like a Christmas tree. So, the trickster talks in rhyme, which I find adds to the movie very well. And this is actually a good movie for 2017. Normally there's not too many out there post 2000s in my opinion is halfway decent except maybe a few. So his mom's a head nurse. She wants to work doubles in November which it's basically Halloween at this point. So the next month she wants to work uh, doubles and her supervisor says that's physically impossible. That she needs to be focused. Um, so basically, there's a lot of jump scares for this guy. And, you know, he dies. Um, he, he dies, yeah. So anyway, Brian says at one point, he does such a good job. Says, look like your little boyfriend is a psycho as he is. Um, as he's looking around. So basically, when the guy in the 13 jersey enters the uh, horse and stuff, I know I'm jumping around, I'm sorry, he sees someone sitting at the table dressed the same, and this is a very uh, interesting little thing. This is not him, it's something else. And, um, 
it's uh, and he gets close to it. Uh, he sees a pig's head jump out, and it makes him jump and stuff. So basically, there's this long-haired guy. He's a stoner. He's wearing a rush shirt. You know, classic burnout case. Um, he sees this jack-in-the-box, and he spins a crank, and then he gets tired of it. And as he turns and walks away, the jack jumps out and scares him half to death. And he's got this big doobie in his mouth, which the guy's an avid pot smoker, apparently. So he takes it, he's like, sweet, you know. So basically, he goes and watches this puppet show and is stabbed to death by the pumpkins. Or the puppets, rather. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, the way that the guy in the 13 jersey dies, uh, he is basically pinned down and they slit him open with a knife. So, yeah, and so the stoner guy, though, in the meantime, he's a, he's watching a puppet show. And it's actually quite deranged. The puppets look very, um, the marionettes, rather, look very, very sinister, not quite right. But he seems to be digging it, you know, he really does. Um, and he ends up getting massacred by the marionettes, which is kind of cool. They stab him a lot and everything. It's kind of creepy. So anyway, uh, cut to Brian. What he's doing is he's in the basement with April, his girlfriend, which is a girl who runs a store. And she's constantly trying to get him to quit making trouble. And he constantly tells her to shut up, which you get him in the doghouse in two seconds. Uh, his pleasures come to life in the form of a girl skimp, uh, dressed very skimpy, and he follows her and stuff, real scumbag. She's serious, transparent netting, right? So, uh, that's his deal. And basically what happens is, Uh, the girl like runs her hand down his face and somehow slits his throat and bleeds out and dies, you know. Lights out, you're done. So then the trickster says it's April's time to die and Tim is very attracted to April. He's very attracted to her. And so uh, she is back in the living room where it all started and she's scared to death and shares a closet and shuts the door. And then uh, this is because of a creature that's after her. So the doors shake and scared to death terrorizes her. So basically, got to it. Uh, Tim realizes that he's made a mistake. And he has to get this book out of the attic. So basically, he gets April. They go up to the attic. He gets this book, and he ends up saying a chant and all this. And so basically, the thing is, he has to destroy all the pumpkins to take away the power of the creatures. So what happens is, as he's about to smash the last pumpkin, he sees his father coming to talk to him. And he tells Timmy or Tim, whatever, that he's going to make a mess, and that's why he left. 
and he couldn't uh, sit around and babysit him all his life. So Tim says he's sorry his father asked for the pumpkin. I saw it coming a mile away. It's a fraudulent meeting. That's not his father. It's actually a creature disguised as his father in the form of his father. So basically, he ends up smashing it, and the father basically, or what he thought was his father, basically disintegrates, and the creatures go away. So April tried to escape through the window, and it slams down on her because they can't get out because the house is pretty much bolted shut at the doors. So she ends up raising a window after, because the windows were bolted too while those things were alive. So basically the window slams down on her and she dies. There's glass impaled in her back and she's gone. So anyway, the mother comes home and stuff and ends up uh, seeing the dead body, screams. Tim approaches her holding a knife and ends up killing his mother, and he gets blamed. And he says the monsters did it, so he gets committed. In room three, uh, in one of the rooms, um, they say 317's a fighter. That's not where Tim is. Tim's in another room. And um, he has flashbacks while he's in the room of being led in a straitjacket, blah, blah, blah. And put in a padded room, you know. And so the lady is curious about him, looks at his record. There's some of his drawings in there. So anyway, the place that they're at is the Haddonfield Mental Hospital. And so at the end of the movie, she gets a phone call from a woman who says her name is Ashley Carter, and she's distraught. She's 13 years old, she says. She says he killed them all, and he's going to kill her. And says it's a trickster, which she found a picture drawn of the trickster. In the movie, she screams, the call disconnects, and that's all she wrote. So check it out. Uh, it's on, uh, oh, I say it was on Dread TV. You can get a channel on your Roku, just look for Dread TV. Lots of good movies on there. And, uh, you know, it was set in the 80s, 1981. Uh, but anyway, that's why all language was there. So, uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, you know, we all need good movies these days. That is it for me tonight. Remember, Patreon Adventures and Sandy. Email realmofnightmares at mail.com. Have a good night, everyone.